Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Well, hello, Franchise You listeners, and welcome to another edition. So today's guest is someone very special to me who has actually sat on both sides of the fence of franchising. He's worked for a franchisor, and now he is a franchisee of 60 Pizza Huts. Let me introduce to you Mr. Luis Veras. And Luis is the president of ITL Foods. He has also, in his past, worked at Yum Corporate. He worked at both KFC and Pizza Hut, and he's been a franchisee now for quite some time. Luis also has an MBA. He teaches leadership in a um, university in Texas. He's the board chair of the International Pizza Hut Franchise Holders Association and really has a lot to share with us today. So Luis, welcome. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and your background? Thank you, Kathy. And I appreciate the honor to be your guest in this podcast. Uh, My background is uh, fairly humble. I come from the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean, and I came to the U.S. to pursue the American dream over 20 years ago. I went to grad school to pursue your MBA, as you mentioned, and then after that, started working in consulting, eventually moved to Young Brands as an executive in the finance function and had different roles in marketing and operations. And over 10 years ago, had the wonderful opportunity to buy some Pizza Hut stores in the Dallas area and I have been a franchisee since. So your restaurants are all in Texas, correct? That is correct. We have about 25 stores in Dallas and the other ones are in Houston. Oh gosh, that's a that's a broad range. Texas is definitely a, a big state. And so with your infrastructure of 60 restaurants, can you tell us a little bit about how you're set up? Sure, we have a support office that uh, handles all the accounting, and payroll and accounts payable, et cetera. And some franchisees used to outsource that. In our case, we actually have about 12 employees that are dedicated to do all the administration. In addition to that, on the operational side, I have one region coach for Dallas and one region coach for Houston. And underneath the region coaches, we have what we call area coaches or area supervisors. And each of those area coaches manage anywhere from seven to nine restaurants. And then the restaurant general managers are uh, reporting into those area coaches. So that's kind of the structure where we have the RGMs, as we call it, restaurant general managers. And then they are supported by the area coaches who in turn are supported by the region coaches. And I appreciate you talking about that because I think one of the things that people aren't unaware of is that very large franchisees also can hire and have wonderful careers within their franchise. And so I definitely want to make that a point. I mean, with 60 restaurants, you have to have a large infrastructure to support that. Absolutely. In fact, in our case, we have the policy of growing from within. So all of my above restaurant leaders, as we call them, are actually people that grew through the restaurant that either were cooks or drivers or uh, CSRs, customer service representatives, or somehow did some restaurant work and became managers and eventually became training managers. And then our area coaches with us or region coaches. So 
Absolutely. We see that the opportunity if you choose to pursue a career in the franchising and restaurant world is uh, unlimited. And, you know, some of them become owners as well. So Exactly. I have seen that happen. And I do think that that is an unknown. And I know that you have a servant leadership mindset and really care about your teams. So growing them in position is definitely important to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is one of the reasons why we promote from within. When we have hired early on in the journey of being a franchisee, we had some opportunities that we hire external people, particularly uh, as restaurant general managers. And for one reason or another, it didn't really work out. So we prefer and focus on hiring people that are team members and people that are in the restaurant. And then we promote from within. That's a wonderful model. And I definitely have seen success with that across many brands. And I can see you, I can definitely see you doing that. <clears throat> so you are unique in that you have really worked on both sides of the franchise model. You worked for a very large franchisor and now you are a franchisee. What's the main difference from your perspective? It's certainly different. And, and to your point, I do have the privilege of actually working three different roles. I was a consultant and Young Brands was my client. Then I became a corporate employee as part of Pizza Hut and KFC in Young Brands, and now a franchisee. And to answer your questions, uh, there are differences in both the mindset as well as the infrastructure that you have. As big as I uh, you know, could appear to be with 60 stores, the reality is that I'm very small franchisee compared to Young restaurants who has over 40,000 or 50,000 units across the globe. So one of the key differences is the infrastructure support. Uh, in a corporation, you have a lot more resources to do things and a lot more resources to support whatever you're doing. On the flip side, because you don't have as much support as a franchisee internally, you actually have to be somewhat more resourceful. You have to kind of figure it out and find a way to be mindful of the cost and my, more mindful of the creativity you need to come up with to get things done. And in the case of uh, franchisees, you have also the support of a big organization. So you're not by yourself and you can somewhat be able to leverage the best of both walls. So one of the key differences is the, the support structure. The other difference is when you are leading a franchise organization, it's a little bit more lonely, right? Because you are the leader of your own organization. And while you have other franchisees that are peers, it's not the same as if you're working in a corporation where every day you're meeting your peers or your bosses or your subordinates. And it can get different in that regard because you are not necessarily going to a common place. Well, nowadays everybody's doing Zoom calls anyways, but in general, the type of relationships that you have is different. I can definitely see that. But on the flip side, working as a franchisee and working for a franchisee gives you an opportunity to do many different things that you wouldn't be able to do within one corporate job. So there's- oh, Absolutely, absolutely. To that point, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a great comment because when I mentioned that you need to be more resourceful as a franchisee, unlike in a corporate world where you may be in finance or marketing or operations or in a specific role, very focused, in a smaller franchise organization, or even in larger ones, you have to wear a lot of hats because 
there aren't a lot of resources to go around and you need to at times deal with operational issues or marketing issues or people issues or finance issues. So clearly the, the challenge that you get both professionally and intellectually is different that way. I think I definitely think it's a lot different. And in today's world, I know when I ask people what's their biggest challenge, they tend to say people. And when I ran restaurants, I had no idea the number of people issues that there would be. That's something that no one really talks about, but is present. Even uh, nowadays in particular, uh, you know, if you ask what is the biggest challenge that we have is people. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, it's been the case, but now it's a lot more of an issue for a lot of reasons. Not only the pandemic uh, is impacting the way people view the role that they play, it's also impacting their ability to uh, you know, find an opportunity that is a good fit. And for us as franchisees, it's a challenging environment to hire good people because everybody is looking for uh, great talent and everybody is paying in some cases more than what we can afford to pay. So we need to have a cultural environment and some other benefits that franchisees need to provide to attract people. Otherwise, uh, we couldn't have the people that, that serve our customers. That's true. It's it's pretty crazy when you see all the now hiring signs and, and what's being offered. So yeah, I can yeah. see that's a challenge. So yeah. let me ask you a, a big question. Why did you decide to leave the corporate environment and become a franchisee? Well, it was an opportunity. I was not necessarily looking to actually uh, become a franchisee when I started my career at Young, but the opportunity came up to acquire a, a few stores in Dallas. And I jumped on that opportunity. At the time, it was a big decision because I was working in a cozy corporate role and you were stable, making good money and jumping to the franchise world was a big risk. But I quickly overcame that risk by the brand that I was gonna be represented in Pizza Hut. And also it was a business that was generating enough money that we could grow it and we could uh, support our family. So that how, that's how I became a franchisee. And it's a big decision for anyone, whether you are transitioning from a corporation, like in my case, or starting from scratch with one or two restaurants. That's true. And if you don't mind my asking, it seems to be one of the biggest hurdles to franchising is finding the capital. It can be very expensive. Would you mind sharing how you went about that journey? Yeah, in our case, it was uh, a little bit different in the sense that I had worked in the corporation and I had developed relationships over the year with other franchisees, private equity, and people that had uh, resources. So the transition for me was not as difficult because when I had the opportunity to buy stores in Dallas, I reached out to the network of people that I knew. I reached out to private equity, I reach out to friends and family, I reach out to other franchisees. And I ended up partnering with another franchisee that at the time I had met through my work at Young. And that's how I uh, had access. I did not have all the money. So I ended up being a uh, you know, partner with somebody that had more money than I did so that I could start my journey. For other people, the journey could be different. And I mean, there are a lot of resources that franchisors like Yum or others provide to get access to capital. And I know it's a barrier, but 
if you have the opportunity, actually that's more difficult to find than the actual money. If you have the opportunity with a great brand and you are an operator and you have great reputation, it's a lot easier to find the money either through private equity or through the franchisor or other means that are available. I appreciate that you said you just started making calls and asking because yeah. I think that people don't realize you can do that. You can yeah. make calls and say, I have an opportunity. Do you want to be with us? And if they say no, you go to the next. Yeah. And so, um, but that takes a lot of courage and risk-taking to think about doing that. So what motivated you? What really pushed you to do that? Well, I mean, I, I at the time, I probably didn't see it this way, but when you're in a situation where you're being challenged, you actually find a way to be resourceful. And you may recall that at the time I was working at KFC and in hindsight, I say to people, I got fired. I mean, my position got eliminated. Uh, I was one of the territory coaches. And when you're challenged that way, you start thinking creatively, uh, what can you do? And, you know, jokingly, you know, people tell me, no, you were not fired because People that get fired are people that are not invited back to the family, which in my case, Perfect. I was invited back to be part of the young family. So that's in my case how I got motivated to find other alternatives. And at the time, I explored working for somebody else, which I actually did briefly. I worked for 7-Eleven for a few months. I afterwards had the opportunity to look at other concepts, including Domino's Pizza, actually. I was interviewing for a role in, corporate, in the corporation. And I almost pursue that path. But, uh, you know, when you are challenged and you have, a, a you know, an opportunity to have a, a moment of crisis that you need to figure out, you tend to be creative. And I needed to find ways to provide to the family. And in this case, we had the wonderful opportunity to buy some stores in Dallas. And then the rest of history, we started growing from there. And now we have uh, like you mentioned, 60 stores in Texas. So. That's an amazing journey. And I appreciate you being so upfront about that because sometimes it takes something like that to jolt us into finding our path. And you have not only found your path, you are racing down it, Luis. I mean, what success that you have. And I think you've even written a book on how to be profitable, if I'm not mistaken. I read that somewhere. Yeah, I, growing up, I used to be very academically focused back in the Dominican Republic. And one of the things that I ended up doing was teaching there as well as writing a book. And it was a, a, over 20 years ago now. But yeah, I enjoy teaching. I currently teach, as you said, at one of the universities in Texas. I'm, I'm a teacher at SMU, Southern Methodist University, in their business school. And it's a wonderful opportunity to somewhat give back to the community and to other people that have given me so much through the years. Well, those are some lucky students to learn from your experience. And writing a book is no small task. I mean, so kudos to you. So let's talk a little bit about this franchising model. Why do you think that the actual franchise model has been so effective during our recent years? Well, if you think about it, the franchising model gives you the best of both worlds because you have a brand normally established with a franchisor that have some infrastructure and has proven a business model. But then you have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur and have the flexibility to basically lead your own destiny. So as a franchisee, 
you have to make decisions on hiring, firing, providing a culture, pricing, leading your organization in terms of process, et cetera. But you can do that under the parameters and the boundaries that the franchisor provide, and it gives you greater chance of success for that reason. So I think being a franchisee, it combines the opportunity to get infrastructure from a big brand, in, like in my case, but gives you the freedom to be an entrepreneur and pursue your dreams independently. That's great. So tell me a little bit about the support you receive from your franchisor. Yeah, the franchisor, in our case, they provide all the marketing support. So we pay a contribution, uh, which is uh, about 5% I'll round up of our sales for the brand to do all the marketing, all the promotion, all the things that uh, drive the demand for our products. But they also are the ones who set the brand standards on how a pizza should be made, how many pepperonis, how much cheese, how you should be thinking about prepping for the dough, how you should be providing a certain training to your employees for different roles. So all the training, all the operational standards, all the logistics of the supply chain, who to buy from and how to manage the stores are basically the responsibility of the franchisor. And in the case of the franchisee, you're responsible to operate that business following their standards. So it gives you the support, but also gives you the freedom to do it your way, if you if you want to say that. Oh, that's a that totally makes sense. What more do you think your franchisor could do to support you? If you had a if you had a crystal ball and could ask for anything, what would it be? Well, we always need more sales and profits, right? So <laughs> a franchisee. It always is asking, hey, can I grow sales and, and can I uh, make more money? In fact, this year, one of the themes that we have at Pizza Hut is that sell more pizza and make more money. And the franchisor, if they're always thinking about ways on how to drive the top line and be mindful of the economics for the franchisees, I think that would be the great recipe for a, a good franchisor. Sometimes because we pay the franchisor based on sales, uh, they may be more focused on driving the sales instead of the profits. But I think a successful franchisor is the one that focuses on both because a vibrant system only survives if you have both. And that's why the theme we have, sell more pizza and make more money. Yeah, you have to have the profit to invest into your people, Correct. into your restaurants. And so it takes both. That's a that's actually a great theme. Well, you are also quite the role model in, this, in the Hispanic community. And I've read where you say that franchising is great within the Hispanic culture. Would you elaborate on that, please? Yeah, I think that uh, I may be biased because I, I come from the Dominican Republic and I'm Hispanic. And... I tend to think that Hispanics tend to be very resourceful and very entrepreneurial by nature. So I think that uh, franchising is a great opportunity because of that. It gives a flexibility to somewhat manage your own schedule, be creative, and have those uh, resources supporting you to enhance your creativity and your ability to be resourceful and get things done. So in that regard, I think the Hispanic community in particular is a prime uh, example of people that uh, have the attitude and have the skill sets to be great uh, franchisees, in my opinion. But I'm biased, right? So 
Well, you have a right to be. So um, no, no worries there. One last question on the franchise model. What can franchisees do to be great partners to their franchisor? There's always going to be a natural tension between the franchisor and the franchisee, partially because of what I mentioned. The franchisor is tending to be in the growing the brand and, and sales focus, and the franchisees tend to be more profit focused. But I think that natural tension is a healthy one if it is constructive and if it's done in a way that is collaborative, because when you actually make decisions, you are better off making decisions with the perspective of both the franchisees as well as the franchisor. So I think if you want to be a good partner, you need to be a good listener. You need to be a very open-minded to different perspectives and provide your perspective in a you know, very professional and respectful way so that your message can get across. And I think if you collaborate, not like in any relationship, you would be successful being a good partner in the long term. That is something that in franchising, I think, drives to the forefront is how important relationships are and really collaborating and working together because the success of each other, you depend on one another to be successful. So um, I think you worded that definitely beautifully. And so let's move a little bit into the area of associations, which are established within franchises to provide that feedback and collaboration. So you are the board chair of the International Pizza Hut Franchise Holders Association. Can you talk about the role of the association and how they work with Pizza Hut? Absolutely. Just to give historical context, the brand was founded in 1958. So over, you know, 60 years ago, the association was founded in 1968. So 10 years later, IPHFHA was born. And the mission of the organization at the time, and still is today, is to protect and enhance the enterprise value of the system. And what that means is that we are the voice on behalf of the franchisees to channel any concerns, any feedback, or any negotiation that we need to carry with the franchisor to better the system. And over the years, that has meant how much money do we invest and collect for advertising? How much money do we negotiate to charge fees for technology uh, to franchisees? Over the years has meant, what is the type of restaurant we should be building? Should we do delivery? Uh, Pizza Hut didn't start as a delivery concept for those of you that may recall the history. We were a restaurant-based business initially. So the association worked with the brand to decide on that. Nowadays, the theme is the same. The association represents the franchisees and negotiates with the franchisor a number of deals and is also the voice to lead the brand in collaboration with the brand leadership. Does the association, so the association sits outside of the Pizza Hut brand. It's a separate entity, correct? That is correct. That is correct. And because we're in the, in the business of protecting and enhancing the value of the system, over the years, we have offered a number of services to franchisees. So for example, for franchisees that have a small scale, we provide health insurance and non-owned auto type of insurance if they need that or they cannot find it on their own. We also provide benchmarking information so that they can compare themselves to other franchisees. And we are always providing 
value-added services to help franchisees be successful. So it is not just interacting and serving as a voice, but in our case, is also providing uh, other services to the community. So just to help people understand, the franchisees opt in to become a member of the association and pay dues. Is that how that works? In our case, it's somewhat unique. In other systems, they have to opt in and they need to somehow pay dues separately. Since we established the association in 1968, you become a member of the association automatically and the association is funded through the payment that you already make for the advertising contribution. So the 5% that I mentioned earlier, a portion of that funds the working of the association. So you don't need to pay in the case of Pizza Hut a separate fee or other uh, dues. They're included if you wanna call it that way in what you pay uh, to the system. That is unique to us. I think other systems do it a little bit different where you have to opt in and you have to pay a separate fee above and beyond the dues that you pay to the brand. But in our case, that's how we are set up. Well, that's a that's a nice benefit because they have the support from Pizza Hut corporate as well as the support from the association. So do you offer any educational or mentoring through your association? Absolutely. One of the things that we do for new franchises in particular is that we go through an onboarding process and assign them mentors to help with their onboarding and their success. We are a relatively small family in in the sense that we don't have thousands of franchisees. We have only 104 franchisees in the US in the Pizza Hut system. So that actually allows when you have a new member coming in to provide a warm welcome to our family and the opportunity to provide mentorship as needed. That is one thing I've I've just really admired the way that franchisees take care of other franchisees, how it's really important you all want each other to succeed. And you see that camaraderie in so many systems. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the advantages of being also as part of a franchise system, which I failed to mention earlier, which is you are uh, joining a family. I mean, it could be a huge family if you have a lot of franchisees or a smaller ones, uh, like in our case, but you are joining a family that is willing and able to support you and rooting for your success, because if you are successful, the system is successful. I have seen that bond, and it is as strong as siblings. So that that is for sure. So you're the actual board chair. What does that mean? What is your role as board chair of this association? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out every day. (laughs) So, you know, I try to stay out of trouble for the most part. But, you know, if I have to summarize it, the board has seven members. Each member represents a different region of the country generally. And my role is to serve as their leader and represent them in the interaction with the brand president, in this case, the brand president for Pizza Hut, who's Kevin Huckman. So my role is to serve as a liaison on behalf of the franchisees representing us with the top person for the brand. On a practical matter, it means that I'm listening to franchisees, I'm talking to a number of them. I get a lot of emails and calls asking for follow up on things of what's going on and providing input on things that we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. So I am somewhat of a figurehead, but I'm also a conduit to communicate what the needs of the franchisees are and a servant leader 
for the rest of my board as well as the rest of the system. So, you know, I'm, you know, some days I'm literally trying to figure out what I need to do to be more helpful. So. Well, Luis, I can tell you, in my experience with you over these years, you are very helpful and definitely walk the talk of being the servant leader. So, and, and that also is why you've been so successful. So you've told us a lot during this session, you've talked about what it's like to be a franchisee, how you actually got there. You were very open with your journey, which thank you for that. Then you also have dispelled a lot of questions about associations and how those can work in tandem. So if I ask you to think about when you got out of grad school and you started working for the consultant and you probably didn't think you were going to go straight into franchising, what do you wish you had known about franchising back then that you know now? Well, I wish I would, I, I would have pursued it sooner, to be honest with you, because at the time after graduating from MBA, I was looking for a career in corporate America, right? I mean, that was the path that I was going for. And at the time I did the consulting work, which was somewhat entrepreneurial because I was working in projects, and then eventually I moved to a Young Brands and Pizza Hut, which was somewhat entrepreneurial because Young Brands provided me a lot of different opportunities in finance, marketing, operations. But if I had known what I know now, I probably would have started my career and journey a lot sooner being a franchisee. And maybe I would have hundreds of stores instead of 60 stores. Well, 60 is a lot by any, any measure. So I think that you should be quite pleased with that. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners of FranchiseU about franchising in general? Yeah, I think that, you know, it could be nerve-wracking, particularly if you have a comfortable position, whether it's as an employer, as an employee in a, in a big brand or another company. If you have a family and you're stable, it can be a big decision to pursue franchising. So I can appreciate having lived through that where you can question yourself, should I do it or not do it? But in hindsight, as I just mentioned, I wish I would have done it a lot sooner because there's nothing better than you have the freedom of controlling your own destiny. You have ups and downs. You're going to have successes and failures, but hopefully the successes are going to be more than offsetting the potential failures you could have. And the advice I would give is just go for it and pursue your dreams. I think that nothing happens unless you first dream it. So you need to pursue your dream. But at the same time, nothing happens unless you work hard uh, to pursue those dreams. So don't be just dreaming about it and just do it, go for it and work hard. And I'm sure that you would be successful if you do that. Well, Luis, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. We've so appreciated having you. Thank you, Kathy, for having me. It's been a pleasure to join us. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.